You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Let them curse, but you bless is the title of this devotion. It is unavoidable to live a virtuous, godly life and not go through times of persecution and hardship. Those things do come. And we go through them at times in life. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, if I can just quickly find that verse now that I think about it. Here it is. Matthew 5. Um, Verse 44, is it? No, sorry. Verse 11 of Matthew 5. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Again, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There are times, folks, that we can go through painful persecution because we belong to God. It's amazing how the court of public opinion can be extremely lenient towards those who have lifestyles that are obviously not right in God's sight, but they do not fear the Lord nor honor Him, but boast, boast in their worldly, ungodly, unholy ways of living. They boast in it. They they don't hide it. No, they openly display themselves. And the court of public opinion has not much to say for it. But when any godly person, when any righteous person would ever make even the slightest wrong choices, then the court of public opinion can be quite harsh. And I am not referring to somebody who willfully, continuously do something that is wrong and and considers themselves a Christian and then not, not really suffers reproach because of that. I'm not saying somebody like that can't recover, but that's not the point I want to discuss today. I want to talk about people that are truly humbling their hearts before the Lord and yet are harshly persecuted. And yes, it could be like in David's situation when David was in deep remorse for his wrongs and the mistakes he had made and wept and cried before the Lord. Some of his most loyal friends were ashamed of him and turned against him and spoke evil of him. And and that was very painful. And you have Psalms that David wrote, especially the first 40 Psalms that describes this. But here in Psalm 109, David is talking about the similar thing here. The plea 
for the judgment of false accusers. And he says in Psalm 109, verse 21, well, let me pick it up here at verse 16 first. Because he did not remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, as with his garments, so let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bone. In other words, the behavior he has is so harsh and cruel and so void of any of God's mercy, let it deform and uh, David says his whole personality, you see? And I really take this as a warning that I'll never let myself be caught into such a place of offense or irritation that it becomes, to, that it starts deforming my personality and that I bear a grudge of anger or bitterness or hurt mixed with anger that makes me bitter, that would deform my whole personality because that is what happens. It can deform your whole features. Your whole personality is distorted by this upsetness, by this evil anger and, and judgment and offense. But then David goes on to say here in verse 25, I also have become a reproach to them when they look at me. They shake their heads. Heal me, O Lord, my God. O save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let me read you that little verse from the Living Bible here because I really love that verse 26 and 27. Here it is. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because you're loving and kind. Do it publicly so all will see that you yourself have done it. Then let them curse me if they like. I won't mind that if you are blessing me. Again, help me O Lord my God, save me because you're loving and kind. Do it publicly so all will see that you yourself have done it. Then let them curse me if they like. It won't, I won't mind that if you are blessing me. For then all their efforts to destroy me will fail and I shall go right on rejoicing. And that is the real secret of dealing with reproach, folks. Because if God is for you, you can bear some of the hardest pains and shames. You can bear some of the hardest reproaches because this spirit of grace and glory as the pain increases, increases on you and you're being kept by the power of God in the face of adversity, in the face of the trying storms of this life. When my mother and my father went through horrific persecution, I mean, merciless persecution. It was dark and evil what came against them, and it was ungodly and unrighteous. It was not Jesus. My mother said something I'll never forget. I sat down with my mom, and she said to me, Robert, 
what these people that seek to destroy us don't understand. You cannot kill what is eternal. You cannot kill what is eternal. And yes, folks, there can be times in our lives, listen to this, because I understand some of you say, yeah, but Pastor Robert, hold on. I mean, some things people have done is really wrong. It's really bad. And I would say, yes, I agree. I agree. And it's grievous and painful and wrong. I know, I know. I've seen it. Come on. Virginia and I have been the pastors here since 1986 and then five years in the Netherlands before that. So I I, I know, I know. And I've seen the painful painful consequences in people's lives. But I also have seen the Lord restore people after time. Because, you know, it says in Zechariah, okay, it says in Zechariah, Oh, where is that verse? Um, hold on a second, because I, I, I didn't prepare for this. I know it's in Zechariah. Uh, uh, where is that verse in Zechariah? And I, I believe it is here in Zechariah. Um, I know this is unusual for you to have to wait for me like this. and. Um, um, oh Lord, where is it again? And uh, or is it Micah? If it's not Zechariah, then uh, um, it may be Micah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just give Micah a chance, and if I don't find it in Micah, then I'll have to share some other devotion with you. Uh, here's Micah. Um, Okay, I'll just tell you what the verse says. And then it says, because I can't find it right away. I was a little angry with my people, but they who handed out the punishment went much too far. And I have seen this, where the Lord has needed to chastise his, his people, but those who who were the instrument of the chastisement, they went over and above. They went much too far. They took it to an extent that never was in the heart of God. And I have always prayed, please, Lord, don't use me as an instrument of chastisement. Always use me as an instrument of your mercy and healing. You know, David says it in Psalm 69, do not let me ever be a cause of stumbling for another. And here David says in Psalm 41, by this in verse 11, I know that you're well pleased with me because mine enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Father, I know that you haven't cast me aside in the times of my suffering because you will not hand me over to the will of my enemy. You see, my father, came through those trying times. My mother has come through those trying times because it was the Lord who upheld them in the midst of these things. And all of us can go through a time when it seems like all is against us. I know Virginia and I went through that. And Virginia in those days, when it just persisted for a long time, 2009, 2008 it began, to, uh, through 2015, so it was about six, seven years that we went through that. 
And uh, Virginia, during that time, she said to me, no, darling, I was praying. And I said, Lord, when? When will the battle be over? And the Lord spoke to me and said, over. You must reign in the midst of your enemies. And that is written in the scripture. And she says, so honey, I'm, I'm just believing in the middle of these trials, we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And the spirit that the Lord worked in us during those trying days was wonderful. And yes, God taught us a lot. And yes, we have learned a lot and, and changed and, and on and on and on. And of course, that's all part of it. Let me close here with you from Numbers chapter 23. In Numbers chapter 23, the children of Israel were journeying and there was a king called Balak and he came against the children of Israel. And it is a bit interesting because it somehow was related in the background. And Balak, I think, was of Moab or, or Ammon or so forth from that family that were the children of Lot. And so there was a relation, but he came against the children of Israel because of his envy against their success and feeling threatened by them. So he came against them. And, uh, and he hired somebody known to have a prophetic vein in him called Balaam. And Balaam worked for the king of Egypt in in giving him words that weren't always for sure coming from God. He was misusing the gift in him. And now Balak had heard of Balaam who had, who had become so successful working with that, with, with the Egyptian king that he sent to hire him to curse the children of Israel for him. They, these people in those days understood the power of words that when you spoke a word against somebody, it could really be detrimental. And I, I think today we should not think it lightly of how we believe in our heart and speak with our mouth. I think it's very important that we realize God does declare, demand an account of every thought of our heart and word of our mouth. That's why we got to keep our hearts clean and our words pleasing to Him. And if they are not, we need to get it cleansed up and forgiven, amen? But here in chapter 23, verse 8, Balaam says to King Balaam of Moab, the Moabites were the children of uh, of, of Lot originally. And he said, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? You see, if the Lord before us, it says in Romans 8, who can be against us? And you need to know this when you're in the middle of persecution or trial or hardship or shame or guilt. You need to know what is the real answer. It's not that everybody likes you, but it is that the Lord, the Lord is on your side. And he says, how can I curse whom God's not cursed and denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Verse 25 of that chapter. Uh, and Balak said to Balaam, uh, no, verse 19 of chapter 23. And Balaam says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. 
has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? Behold, I have received the command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. He has observed, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. And Balaam could not curse them or have any sorcery against them. He says in verse 23, there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. Look what God has done. Don't ever allow yourself to be frightened by sorcery or by witchcraft. Don't be frightened. <coughs> no matter how harsh they curse you, it doesn't matter if God's blessing you because His blessing is His shield, a shield about you. Therefore, take refuge in the Lord. He will not hand you over to the will of your adversaries. He will not give you up on you. He will restore, as I shared with you yesterday. Now believe, no matter how harsh you're being cursed, the curse cannot alight upon you because the Lord himself is watching over you and keeping you. Amen. Have a good day.